We all have something that we're naturally good at or things that we are just naturals at, don't we? A few months ago, uh, the pastor that I did my internship for brought his family over and they stayed with Ann and I. And I was outside playing baseball with his five-year-old son and he's a natural at baseball. I'm pitching wiffle balls to him and he's cranking line drives right over my head. And so he's a short little left-hander and so I decide, you know what, I'm going to throw him a curveball. So I throw him a curveball, and as the pitch is coming in, he says, hey, you threw me a curveball, and then proceeded to hit one onto the street. He's naturally good at baseball. Me? I'm a natural right-hander. I do everything right-handed. Right? I sometimes only type with my right hand. I flip my eggs with my right hand. I'm a natural right-hander. What are you a natural at? Music? Are you natural at math? Science? Maybe you're natural at cars and mechanics and working with your hands. Maybe you're a natural mother or father or grandparents. Maybe that's what is natural to you. Today we're going to talk about something that is unnatural to us and to you. And I know it's unnatural to you because you're a human being. We're going to talk about Grace. You see, grace is unnatural to us because what makes sense to us, what comes naturally to us, is crime and punishment. I speed, I get a ticket. Consequences, my actions have consequences. I reap what I sow, right? What we expect, what is natural to us, is that what we put in, that's what we get out. Grace is completely unnatural. And let me give you a a for instance, because when we see it in our day-to-day lives, grace shocks us a little bit. For instance, we see that family, the one whose kids are now in their 20s, and as long as you've known them, the kids have always treated the parents like garbage. And they never go to the parents unless if they need something. They're never there for the parents. They never talk to them unless if they need something. And so there they, are. they show up on the parents' doorstep, and what do the parents do? They give them the money they need, the food they need. Now we look at that, and we don't say, wow, look at that grace those parents are showing. No, we say, you guys are being enablers. You need to show them tough love. They don't deserve what you're doing for them. Or how about this one? We know the woman who's being cheated on by her husband. She knows it. The whole town knows it. It's no secret. And yet she loves him so much that she says, I'm not going to leave him. Even though he's unfaithful, I'm going to remain faithful. How do we respond to that? Have some respect for yourself, lady. He's walking all over you. He doesn't deserve your love. Leave him if he's going to be like that. Grace is unnatural to us. It's something we are foreign to. And so this morning, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about grace and what saving grace is. We're going to look at four aspects of it. Alright? So here's your first one. Saving grace is 100% undeserved. You see, 
The reason grace is really unnatural to us is because we like to think that we bring something to the table for God. We like to think that God looks down from heaven and He sees something, at least a a little bit of good in us, and that's the reason He showers us with His grace and love. We like to think that there's at least a little bit that we bring. Some, Some reason we deserve it. And yet, let's see what Romans 8 verse 7 says. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor... Can it do so? The mind governed by the flesh. In other words, our sinful, our sinful minds, which we all have. It says we are hostile to God, enemies of God. When we are born into this world, we are born enemies of God. We hate God. Why? Well, God has all these rules for my life. I can't live how I want because of God. God is taking all the pleasure and all the fun out of this life. And so we hate God. Not much to deserve love there, is it? Someone who hates you, you don't exactly want to show them love, right? But wait a minute. We're Christians, we believe in Jesus. We believe in God. We believe that He died for our sins. We don't view God as the enemy anymore. We love God. In fact, we'd go so far as to say we love His laws. So now there's a little something good about us, right? Now we bring something to the table. Now we've earned God's love. Well, what does God see from us? What do we give back to God? God looks down and what's He see? People who lose their patience with their kids and spouse. People who get caught up in bashing our country's leaders and get caught up in the name-calling of the candidates that we have right now, just completely uh, trampling on the Eighth Commandment. God looks down and what does He see? He sees people who complain about the situation of life that they're in. He sees people who are angry with Him because He's not carrying out our plans for our lives, but His plans. He looks down and He sees people who don't trust Him. People who put anything and everything above His Word and being in church. We prioritize things around what we want to do and not what God wants to do. That's what we offer to God. And how does God feel about it? Well, He tells us. Isaiah 43, But you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses. Burdened me with your sins. Sins is missing the mark. So you think of a bow and arrow. You're shooting at a target and you completely miss the target. That's sin. And that's what you and I have done. God says, be perfect. Live right here. Hit this arrow or hit this target every time. And we have fallen up short. We've gone to the right, to the left. We haven't hit the target. And God says, this is burden to me. And I am weary because of your offenses. That's what we have to offer to God. 
Now, if you think about it, we have a lot more in common with the cheating spouse than we want to admit. Every sin we commit is really like we're cheating on God. We're stepping all over Him. We're treating Him like garbage. And this is what we offer to our God. But what does God do? Look at verse 25. I, even I, am He who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remember your sins no more. Transgressions are those times when when God says, this is how you are to conduct your life as a Christian. This is how you are to live. And we say, oh yeah, God, I'm not going to do it. It's where God has drawn the line in the sand and says, do not cross. And we say, watch this. Now what, God? Those are transgressions. And what does God say? I blot them out. I blot them out and I choose to remember them no more. God doesn't forget, but He chooses to not remember our sins anymore. And where does that take place? At the cross of Christ, right? When Jesus died on the cross, He died to take away all of our sins, died to blot out all of our sins and all of our transgressions so that, God, that He can present us before God holy and perfect like God demands. And there's nothing we did to deserve it. There's nothing we could do to participate in it. It's only by God. And that leads us to our second point. Saving grace is 100% God. Let's have an illustration. This is us. This is how God wants us to be. You see, it's clear. It's unadulterated. There's nothing in it. Perfect. This is how we are supposed to be. And yet we have sinned. And now we're like this. This is us. Sin lives in us. Sin is mixed in with us. This is you and me. We have sinned. And there's really nothing you and I can do to get rid of that, to change that. This is who we are. And yet when Jesus died on the cross, He blot out all of our sins, all of our transgressions. And now through our faith, He pours into us His love, His peace, His forgiveness, and His perfection so that now He presents, to us, presents us holy and perfect before God. He blot out all of our sins and all of our transgressions and presents us like God wants us to be. This is how God sees us now. Perfect through the cross of Christ. Perfect because Jesus died on the cross and blot out all of our sins, all of our transgressions. 100% God. 100% grace. This is us. It's 100% grace and it's 100% from God. And it's also 100% universal. 1 John 2 verse 2 says, He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. You are sitting here, you are breathing, 
You are conscious. You hear me. You see me. You're comprehending what I'm saying. You are a part of the world. And that means this is for you. This grace is for you. Jesus dying on the cross is for you. And it's for everybody. Everybody who's ever lived. Jesus died for the Hitlers of the world. For the pedophiles. The rapists. The murderers. And He's died for you and me. Grace is always more. There's no sin that grace can't cover up. There's no sin that is too great that grace can't take care of. And so you can think of the greatest sin that you have ever committed, and it's forgiven because of Jesus, because of grace. And that's unnatural to us, isn't it? Did it make you shudder a little bit? Did it make you kind of think, well, that's not fair, when you heard that it's for the pedophiles and the rapists and the murderers? Did that make you kind of feel, I don't like that? I don't like to think about that. Because grace is unnatural to us. And yet it leads us to our last point. Grace is 100% unconditional. Ephesians 2 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. We can't earn this. This is a gift from God. A gift isn't earned. A gift isn't deserved. That would be a wage then. It's a gift from God. And it's an unconditional gift. Picture for a second the barracks in the army. The bunk room. It's bright early in the morning. The day is getting ready to start. Sergeant walks in. And there's two soldiers. Two completely different soldiers. One standing at the foot of his bunk. Tucked in. Buttoned up, looking nice. His bunk is made. His locker is organized and the door is shut. He's standing there waiting. Across the way is another soldier. He's a hot mess. His bunk is undone, not made. His shirt is half tucked in. His buttons are half buttoned and most in the wrong holes. His hair's all over the place. He hasn't had a chance to do it yet. His lockers, the contents of his locker are all over the floor as he's running around trying to clean everything up before the sergeant comes in because he knows he's about to be in trouble. A lot of times, you and I, we think we need to be like that first one, that first soldier, before God's grace will come to us. We think we need to have all our house in order. We need to have everything just right before God's grace will come to us. But God's grace is unconditional. God's grace comes to us even when we're a hot mess, even before we have everything lined up. God will never say to us, you aren't worthy for my grace. God will never say, you need to do X, Y, and Z before my grace will come to you. No. His grace is unconditional. 100% unconditional. And this grace affects you every day. Every day, this has implication and application for your life. How? Well, grace frees you from wondering. You don't ever have to wonder, am I doing enough to have God's love come to me? No, grace frees you from that. Grace frees you 
from fear. As you're on your deathbed and you're wondering, am I going to go to heaven or not? I'm scared of what comes next. It doesn't matter. Grace has freed you from that. It's a gift from God. Grace frees you from looking to yourself to gain heaven. It's been done for you. Grace frees you and gives you peace. It allows you to take your eyes off yourself and what you're doing and focus only on what Christ has done for you. And you can rest securely knowing heaven is yours because of grace. Our home in heaven, our salvation, our forgiveness is all based on one thing, grace. It's the most precious treasure that you and I have. It's the most precious gift that anyone could ever give us. And it's 100% undeserved. 100% from God, 100% universal, 100% unconditional. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Amen. Please stand. Let's pray. Dear Lord, it is by grace that we have been saved and we cannot be more thankful. Let us rest securely knowing that our sins are forgiven and heaven is ours because of you and your grace. Amen.